Recently, I heard something that has drastically changed how I see my life and my relationship with God. It's a quote. I'm not sure who said it, but it says that we should stop asking God to bless what we do and simply find out what God is doing because it's already blessed. It is so true. How often do we ask God to bless our work, our thoughts, our ministries? But why not just ask Him to help us incline our hearts according to His will? Maybe we'd be less frustrated. Isn't that what most saints say? That they had to get to a point when they had to completely let go of everything? To let go and let God? We need to pray, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, instead of, Listen, Lord, your servant is speaking. That means we have to spend most of our prayer time listening. That means silence. How hard it is to be silent. Turn your phones off. Turn your computers off. Yes, that means turn your radios off. Turn the TV off. Turn your praise and worship music off. Put away your rosary beads. Put your Bible away. Close your eyes and listen. And then listen some more. Maybe this is something that we can all try this summer. Let's spend more time outdoors enjoying God's creation. Spend time with your families. Go fishing or camping. Go for a hike or a bike ride and enjoy the silence. Because most of the time, God is not found in the storm or in the lightning or thunder. God is not found in the wind. God is found in the silence. And in the silence, let Him work His will into your heart. May God bless your summer and your silent prayer. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, I'm Deacon Pedro, and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, the last of this fifth season. This is episode 210. Wow. We begin by congratulating Lois Banco, who won a copy of Emma Frad's How the Other Half Live, which we featured two weeks ago. Congratulations, Lois Banco. Send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org, so you can claim your prize. And this week, we're giving away a copy of Sarah Kroger's Your Time, which we featured last week. If you want to enter your, our weekly draw, go to our webpage, saltandlighttv.org radio. Enter your name and email address where it says stay connected for a chance to win weekly prizes. Every Saturday during our regular season from September to June, we will draw a name. And we're really excited about our program today. As always, we have our usual features with Chris, Andrew, and Sheridan. And in about 15 minutes, Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary, will be here with some thoughts on Hollywood public relations. And, well, this is what we're excited about. Have you ever heard of a movie actress by the name of Dolores Hart. She was a beautiful and very successful young actress in the 60s who starred in films opposite Elvis Presley, Montgomery Clift, and Anthony Quinn. She had a very promising career, and then one day she left it all and joined a contemplative religious order. The story of Mother Dolores Hart is now a book called The Ear of the Heart, and I'm very happy to be speaking with Mother Dolores in the second half of the program. And it's a bit of a coincidence, but our featured artist of the week shares Mother Dolores' last name. She's been on our program a few times, and we're happy that she is returning for our last program of the season. She's one of the most talented songwriters of our time, Sarah Hart. Sarah has many songs, and it's so hard to pick the ones to play, but we thought we'd start with Wonderfully Made from her album, Give and Keep. If you only knew you could see 
just for one day the way that he sees you would you take heart could you be Sarah Hart with Wonderfully Made from her album Give and Keep, published by spiritandsong.com. We're going to be speaking with Sarah in our second half hour, but now here's Chris with our news. First, Pedro, the big news of the week, the Pope's concert. When a Pope agrees to come to a concert, it's a big deal, but when he no-shows a concert, well, then everybody's talking. Last weekend, the Pope was supposed to attend a classical musical concert featuring Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. The concert was one of the events celebrating the Year of Faith. A chair was set up for the Pope, who was expected to attend, but then it was announced that Pope Francis had to attend to an urgent matter and could not come. The image of the empty throne fueled a lot of speculation. First, some wondered if he was ill, but he appeared for the Angelus the next day and seemed just fine. Others thought that this Pope of the People finds these concerts too elitist, or maybe he doesn't like classical music. After all, this event was planned many months ago when Pope Benedict, with Pope Benedict in mind. 
The Vatican journalist John Allen has another theory. He noted that all the apostolic nuncios, who are the Vatican ambassadors, they were in Rome for the weekend, and given that Pope Francis didn't rise from the ranks of Vatican diplomacy, he chose to spend more time getting to know these ambassadors. The blogging priest, Father John Zulsdorf, also known as Father Z, noted that there is another pope in the Vatican who has a lighter schedule, and we all know he likes classical music, so hopefully he gets invited to these events. Maybe he'll turn up one day. Now, turning to Brazil, will protests in that country affect World Youth Day? I'm sure you're following this, Pedro, since you're going to World Youth Day. Absolutely. Millions have been taking part in protests across Brazil. They're angry about an increase in the cost of public transportation as well as government corruption. And they're also upset about the high cost of the 2014 World Cup soccer tournament. Protesters say the government should invest in health care and education instead. Archbishop Orani Joao Tempesta of Rio de Janeiro is assuring pilgrims that World Youth Day won't be affected. He says he's spoken with intelligence officials who are guaranteeing that the event will be safe. The Archbishop says that citizens have a right to peacefully protest, but he condemned the violent confrontations between protesters and police. Now an update, Pedro, on the floods that we spoke about last week on the radio, floods in Lourdes, France. Workers are rushing to clear mud and debris uh, that, has, that had submerged parts of the shrine to Our Lady of Lourdes. The Virgin Mary is reported to have appeared to St. Bernadette Subiru in 1858, and the grotto where this, takes, where this took place had been under five feet of water and the vast subterranean church had been inundated by the flood. The French government has declared Lourdes and the surrounding area to be a disaster zone. Flooding last October caused 2 million euro in damage, but representatives of the shrine say that the damage this time is even more. Parts of the shrine will be open in the coming days, but other facilities could be closed for months. The Vatican sent a message to the local bishop saying that Pope Francis was praying for the three people who were killed by the flooding and also for all those who have been displaced. The Pope is also hoping that Catholics will be generous in helping fund the cleanup and restoration of the Marian Shrine. And we, of course, hope that people will be just as generous in helping those who are affected by the flooding in Calgary, Alberta. So natural disasters affecting people all around the world. Right. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, have a happy, happy summer. Our Salt and Light Hour news producer, Chris Dimitrenko. And, remind, and remember, uh, let us know what you think about anything that you hear on this program. Send us your comments via Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1. Hi, I'm Julian Cantor, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Coming up, what's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. And now it's time for... Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. How are Andrew, you, I hear, I hear that you have a marathon. Yeah, Saint we're going to get ready day. for a marathon. So who we all are, like who are we talking about? We're going to talk about all the World Youth Day patrons and intercessors. All of them. There's like 12 of them. There is. I'm going to try and get through most of them. Okay, um, okay. I guess we should start. Yes, exactly. First one, Immaculate Conception. Uh, Our Lady of Aparecida. Okay, yes. She's huge. Patroness in the year Brazil. 1717, three fishermen, in their way to launch their nets to fish in the waters of the Pereba River, I butchered that name, uh, found the image of Our Lady. 
Due to the many miracles and increased devotion, she was proclaimed patron saint of Brazil in the year 1930, mm -hmm. and years later, um, a shrine was erected in her honor. A great basilica which hosts millions of pilgrims every year, World Youth Day invokes her as the protector of church and families. Okay, next. Saint Sebastian, who is known as the soldier and martyr of the faith. Uh -huh. Sebastian preferred the fidelity to Christ before any civil, government, military honor, mm -hmm. and therefore was expelled from the army and died on the persecution uh, of the Diocletianian in 300, in the year 300. Uh, we can see highlighted in the life of St. Sebastian his courage and his love to the Lord Jesus. World Youth Day invokes him as a soldier and martyr of the faith. Great. Next. St. Anthony from Santana Galvao. Okay. He is known as the herald of peace and love. He was born in Gua Guaratinengueta in 1739. Um, his family had great resources and possibilities. He renounced everything and entered the Franciscan order. Uh -huh. uh, he is the diffuser of peace and love with words and deeds. He became the model of delivery. His miracles began while he was still alive, distributing pills made with his own hands, uh. which generated great healings. Wow. World Youth Day invokes him as the herald of peace and love. Okay. Uh, very common, uh, very common saint. St. Therese of Lisieux. Yes, of course. Uh, St. Therese of Jesus was born in France, 1873. At 15, she went into a Carmelite monastery where she lived with humility and simplicity, mm -hmm. uh, putting her total trust in God. She was proclaimed patroness of the missions in yeah. 1927 um, by her deep desire to be a missionary and by her willingness to give everything for the good of others. World Youth Day Rio invokes her as the patroness of missions. Okay, good. Next. Blessed John Paul II. Of course. Friend to the youth. Uh, was the creator of World Youth Day in 1984, mm -hmm. considered as the Pope of the youth. He worked in dialogue with them. He invited them to recognize their place and mission inside the church. Um, his pontificate was very special. He helped to guide um, Christians of various backgrounds. Um, he based his pontificate on the inspirations of Vatican II. He fought until the very last moment of his life and shared with us his happiness to give himself to Christ and to Our Lady. Okay, good. Next. World Youth Day Rio invo oh, invokes sorry. him as the friend of the youth. Okay, good. Next. St. Rose of Lima. Uh, Isabel yeah. Flores, which was her maiden name. She was born in Lima, Peru. Yeah. This is for you, uh, Javier, our technical director. Uh, was born in Lima the year of 1576. Uh, Rosa, she was, no was her nickname yes. because of the beauty of her face. Yeah. She was the first saint of the Americas and is noted by her intense love of uh, prayer and penance. She had many difficulties in her life, but in front of them, she maintained um, an extraordinary sense of peace, of serenity, um, and she tried to imitate Christ um, by her service to the poor. Right. Um, we pray for her, inter her intercession to be faithful to God's will. Okay, good. Uh, I just have a few more for you. Another common one, Blessed Pierre Giorgio oh, Frazzati. Yeah, of course, World Youth Day, patron of all World Youth Yeah, He was born in Turin, which is in northern Italy, yep. in April of 1901. Um, at birth, um, he suffered respiratory failure, so he was immediately baptized. He was a friend of the poor, seeing into them Christ himself. At the age of 18, he was enrolled in the fraternity of the Rosary of Polone mm -hmm. and in the community of St. Vincent de Paul. Um, he always loved the humiliated. Very interesting. He devoted his life to do good. His heart was for the others. Mm -hmm. We recognize him as someone who loved the poor and loved the church. And finally, I'll leave you with one more saint. Okay. Uh, Blessed Isidore Bacagna. Yeah. Um, Isidore was born in the year 1890 in Congo. He's from Africa. Right. He has had a very poor life, and he worked as a farmer in the field. His baptism was in 1986. 
um, was from his meeting with Carmelite missionaries who gave him a rosary and the scapular of Our Lady of Carmelo. That's how his baptism came to be. Uh -huh. Was very devoted to the Virgin Mary. He prayed and he sang while working. Um, he decided to leave his post of being a farmer in the field, but without accepting the order to leave the visible signs of his faith. He was wounded on his back with whips. He was whipped and he died uh, because he didn't resist the wounds. Um, World Youth Day Rio invokes him as a martyr of the scapular. Wow. Okay, good. So that's eight or nine of the World Youth Day patrons. If you want to find out more, I should just say that... Uh, there's tw there's about 12 of yeah, them. Yeah, we're, so we're putting little profiles of all of them at wydcentral.org so you can learn all about all the World Youth Day patrons. And don't forget about Rio2013.com. Rio2013.com is the website for uh, from Rio. So thank yeah. you, Andrew. Have a good summer. Thank you. Same um, to you. And uh, see you in Rio. See you in Rio. I guess so. Andrew yeah. Santos, our saint expert. Hi, I'm Sarah Kroger, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Visit Salt and Light Radio at facebook.com slash slradio1 and like us. And also visit us at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and stay connected for a chance to win weekly prizes. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood? With our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark... Matthews. Mark, every time I, I say that, I imagine that we're on stage and it's live and you're just like waltzing onto stage and it's like, Mark Matthews. So, That's great. Yeah. I, I, I like that image. I'm going to hold on to that. You're, you're waltzing onto stage. Mark Matthews. So what, what, what wisdom are you going to impart on us today? Uh, I don't know if it's wisdom, but maybe just a little bit of like uh, insight, I would say, or Good. you know, a view into the to the Hollywood world. Yes. Um, I want to talk about Christian promo companies today. Okay. Yes. So uh, a lot of Christians might not know this, but there are a number of companies out here that market directly to Christians and even specifically to Catholics. Um, they have names like say Grace Hill Media, uh -huh. uh, Maximus Media, Carmel Communications, Movie Movement, Relevant Media, Motive Entertainment, Empower, yeah, yeah, Fox yeah. Faith. And a lot, actually a lot of them don't exist anymore, which I'm gonna touch on Yeah, a like Maximus. So, so, sorry, so when you say promo companies, you mean like they're like public, um, uh, PR companies? Public relations? Exactly, yeah. Like their, their job is like a movie, like some big studio distributor will pay them and say, we've got a Christian film here, we need you to promote it to Christians. Yeah, we, we don't yeah, know yeah. how to speak Christianese. You do. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. go, go promote it. Yeah. And I, the, the biggest problem I want to talk about is just basically that we're suckers. Okay. Just to give a little bit of insight into these things, and, and I feel a little bit bad doing this because honestly, a lot of my friends work for these companies. Uh -huh. um, and they're all very well-meaning, they're awesome, awesome people, people of very strong faith. Um, so the first point I want to point out is that these kind of companies, they can't be selective about what kind of films they promote. Um, they claim to be, but if you really think about it, they really can't. Um, and they're really going out on a limb here, trying to form a company like this, and like, God bless them, like, I, I, I couldn't do any better. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, and they're like, hey, we're going to promote good films to Christians because we know how to market to Christians. Mm -hmm. But it's a really hard business. You're just trying to stay afloat. Um, you know, you're not even paying the rent, and then an offer of money comes along, and you're going to say, "Oh, sorry, we don't like your film." It's right? Like, uh, uh. It's like if it's if it's barely passable, they're probably going to say, "Yes, yes, yes, yes. We will take it. We can promote it." Right? You know. So, so, so that that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is, you know, and I'm always harping on this. It's like we we're, we're kind of suckers for propaganda. Uh, it, 
it might be a horrible film, which a lot of Christian films are, like mm-hmm. one, one, you know, one-dimensional characters, contrived plot, bad acting. Uh, but oh, it's got a Christian message, so you should watch this, and right. you should tell your friends to watch this because if you're Christian, you'd be a bad Christian if you didn't. Uh-huh. You know, and so there's kind of guilt, you know, uh, yes. that we have sometimes. Mm-hmm. So okay, so then what's your wisdom for us then as to when we hear this kind of propaganda, as you call uh, it? My my wisdom is wise up. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I'm here to tell you: be aware it's going on. Um, find out who is telling you to watch this film. Like, try and do a little bit of research and go, oh, is this through one of these kind of companies? You know, I've given you a few names. You kind of know what they are. Um, and just and the second is don't, don't feel guilted into having to watch it. Find out for yourself if it's actually a good film or not. Um, and if it's not a good film, then don't spread the word. Um, if you do spread the word, basically you're telling Hollywood, make more films exactly like this one. More bad films. So, so that's my message: is just just wise up, just be aware that there are companies out there specifically marketing to us. Okay, that's that's good advice. Um, and just note, I know because I deal with some of these PR companies because they send us. I mean, we are media a media organization that gets these press releases, and um, and some of them are promoting not just films, but they're promoting anything: publishers, uh, books. Um, yeah. In fact, that interview that I'm doing this afternoon with Ignatius Press, the book by uh, Mother Dolores Hart came okay. to us via one of these companies so so not not i don't want people to get the impression that we're slamming all of them um yeah no no, no. and I've, I've heard sister dolores's book is fantastic it is so it I'm is and like, in fact most of the authors that we interview on this show are fantastic and and i would not know about those books if it wasn't for public relations so i think yeah. that there's been there there's we need to do public relations um whether whether they're doing public relations for bad films or for good films yeah. that i will leave that to the hollywood undercover missionary i i've got integrity Pedro. if a movie sucks i'm going to tell you okay I'll there you, you go there you go thank you very much mark that's it for us for this season but we look forward to uh connecting back with you in september so enjoy the summer thank you very much pedro There you have it. What's good in Hollywood public relations with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. Hi, I'm Danny Torquia from Media Ministry Minutes, and you're listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can podcast our show at saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and you can now listen to Catholic music all day long at Salt and Light Radio 1 at that same web address. And now, here's Sheridan. Hello, my friends. So we're just about ready to head off to Rio uh, for World Youth Day, but we realize that many of you won't be able to join us Uh in person. But there are several opportunities to celebrate World Youth Day at home. And I spoke with Mary Ann Donaleshin, the Director of Youth Ministry for the Diocese of Calgary, to hear of their plans. Mary Ann, thanks so much for speaking with us. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So tell us about your event, One Rocks World Youth Day at Home. Well, um, One Rocks an event that's been going on for three years, and we're now going into our fourth year. When young adults from our diocese were looking at going to Rio about a year ago, there were many challenges that they were faced with, from the cost to the visas to the safety issues. Mm-hmm. And the picture was the same across Canada, we found out. So the thought came to do something locally at home for our young adults, and with that came the idea of having a World Youth Day at home. And with the approval of Bishop Henry, we moved to celebrating World Youth Day at home and making it a provincial-wide event. So this event will run concurrently with the World Youth Day events from July the 26th through to the 28th. So what do you have planned, and can you share some of the highlights? 
Absolutely. Um, one of the things that we are doing is we are going to have large screens this year, so we'll be able to bring in a live feed or even a taped feed from Rio so that young people can feel like they're a part of what's happening there. We actually have six bishops who are confirmed as well to come, and uh, part of what they'll be doing is giving catechesis sessions. So we're trying to um, simulate a World Youth Day experience on a much uh, smaller level, but here within our own diocese. We also um, will be having Audrey Assad as our headliner act, and uh, we're looking to have a candlelight vigil. would probably coincide as well uh, with what's going on in Rio. One of the other uh, things that's happening for us, which just makes this extra special, is that we're celebrating the 100 years of both the Diocese of Calgary and also the Archdiocese of Edmonton. So it's coming together to be a province-wide event, um, you know, in, in quite a, a spectacular way for us in this very special year uh, for our own province and diocese. Where will this event be held? Well, this year the festival has moved to Mount St. Francis in Cochrane, and the Franciscan Friars uh, own that piece of property, and they have welcomed us to come and to celebrate World Youth Day at home as part of our One Rock Festival. And so how would someone sign up for this? So to get a ticket for the event, uh, you can do that through the website, which is onerock.ca. And on the website, you can also sign up if you wanted to, to be a volunteer for the event. Uh, it's pretty clear there. You just click on the, the different tabs and you can buy tickets online. If you buy tickets before the end of June, there is a discounted price as well. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Thanks so very much for speaking with us. Sounds like this is going to be an excellent event. Yes, we're very excited about it, and we're hoping that many others who hear about it will be um, excited to come and join us. So there you have it, One Rock World Youth Day at Home. To find out more, visit onerock.ca. And again, I was speaking with Marianne Donaleshin, Director of Youth Ministry for the Diocese of Calgary. And that's all for me. Thank you very much. It's very exciting. Uh, don't go anywhere, though, because coming up in our second half hour, From Hollywood to Holy Vows and a featured chat with Sarah Hart. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Dolores Hart only had one dream, to be an actress, and that dream came true. At age 19, she began a successful career. She starred in 10 highly successful films opposite the likes of Montgomery Clift, Robert Wagner, and Anthony Quinn. In fact, she gave Elvis Presley his first on-screen kiss in the 1957 film Loving You. She starred opposite Presley again in 1958 um, in the film King Creole. She also appeared in many TV shows and gave a Tony-nominated Broadway performance in The Pleasure of His Company. Um, she really had a promising career ahead of her. Then, she made a surprising decision. She left all the glitz and glamour of Hollywood and entered the Benedictine Abbey of Regina Laudis in Bethlehem, Connecticut. Mother Dolores's story is now a book, The Ear of the Heart, and I am very pleased to be joined now by Mother Dolores Hart. Mother, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. What a pleasure. 
Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that beautiful introduction. Well, you, you certainly have had quite, quite the life. Um, let's see if we can go back to the beginning. You grew up in a broken family. Your father was an alcoholic who was abusive to your mother. Your mother also was an alcoholic. You spent time living with your grandparents. I mean, it was definitely a complicated and colorful, if I can say, family. How do you think that you managed to, and I hate to say this, but how did you manage to escape falling into some of those same patterns? Well, you see, I, I think that uh, even though um, alcoholism was a problem for my parents, they were very good to me uh-huh. and very, very um, wholesome and honest in their way of speaking to me. And I think that made all the difference. So you felt that they loved you, they valued you? Um, absolutely, absolutely. And they never spoke ill of one another. Oh, that's that's interesting. That probably makes a mm-hmm. huge difference with small children. It does children. indeed. Mm-hmm. And now, tell us a little bit, of, because you spent uh, uh, quite a few years living with your grandparents and then going back and forth between your mother's home and your grandparents' home. How did growing up in your grandparents' home, in in uh, it was in Chicago, right? How did that yes. uh, How did that influence you? Well, my grandparents were also very loving people, and my grandfather was a... a, a he, he worked in the theater, uh, motion picture theater. He was uh-huh. an operator. Yeah, you know, uh, a projectionist, thing. yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. And I often went with him to see the films. And right. He, he, he paid me to wake him up to change the, <laughs> the, the wheels. That's great. So that's that's obviously where your passion, your love for film uh, w- began. Um, and I want to talk about that. But before that, so you were baptized when you were 10 years old while, you were, li- right. while you were living with your grandparents? That's right. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you come to to know and love the church, the Catholic Church? Well, I was in school. I, I was sent to the school, St. Gregory's, because my grandmother did not want me to cross railroad tracks or street truck tracks, right. and she um, really didn't mind me being there. And I um, was astounded by the. Um, fact that the children all had sweet rolls and chocolate milk after mass right. because they had to fast from midnight. Uh-huh. And of course, I had to eat my breakfast alone at home. So I told the sister that I wanted to take the bread with the children. I, I meant the sweet rolls. She thought I meant the Eucharist. <laughs> right. So then, so, 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 sorry, go ahead. Oh, so she, she asked if I could join the class for religion, and I said to my grandmother, how about that? And I could have a good breakfast. And she said, it's up to me. <laughs> right. So that's, so, a, yeah. No, I didn't say that's how it happened. That's a very f- funny way how God works his way it, into our it, lives. Um, but so then, and then you began practicing the Catholic faith. When you were not at that school, did you continue attending Mass? Like, how was that? Yes, I did. Yeah. And um, when I finally went back to live in California with my mother, who had remarried, Yes. And um, my mother was, she was very, in fact, when we went to school to to, um, get me into the um, school because I uh, came as a a lone child, Uh um, the the priest told her, I'm sorry, but there's no room. And my mother said, well, you better make room because if you don't, I'm going to come here and throw birds through your windows. Oh, <laughs> that that that'll get that'll get anyone doing anything. Um, <laughs> d- um, once your career began, 
you would you say that you were already uh, had a, a positive and loving relationship with the church? I think so because I grew up then and went to Catholic school, Catholic um, high school, and even Marymount to Catholic college. So um, I definitely had many many wonderful persons who influenced me along the way. And and this was a, a period in Hollywood where th- being Catholic was normal. I mean, you had Jimmy Stewart who was Catholic, um, Bishop. Fulton Sheen must have his program must have been yes, you know right. on and um, uh, uh, so how was the how was it being Catholic in Hollywood at that time? Well, you see, you mentioned Jimmy Stewart. I was also great friends with Maria Cooper, the daughter of Gary Cooper. Oh yes, and, that's right. And and she was also a very good Catholic girl, uh-huh. and she was. A tremendous help and influence on my life in Hollywood. Right. She would constantly suggest to me what would be a good place to go and what would be a good place to stay away from. <laughs> really, really, that's that's amazing, and I, I'm sure actors mm-hmm. nowadays can't don't have the same experiences. Now, you, your dream was to be an actress. That dream came true. You wanted to get married and have a family. So, what changed? Um, I think that along the way, the um, the desire or the thought of entering um, religious life never occurred to me until I visited Regina Laudis. Right. And I went there, um, a friend of mine suggested that I go there when I was in the play in New York. Mm-hmm. She said she thought it would be a good place to relax, and, and so... The minute I, the minute I came there, I was astounded by my response to the place, and I asked the abbess if she thought I might have a, a, a place there, and she, I was nineteen. She said, "No, Dolores, not now. Hmm. You, you go and do your movie thing. That's what you need to do, and get that out of your system." So I was so happy. I thought, "Oh, good. <laughs> I don't have to." Um, think about this but right. the seed was planted right and you and you returned many times visiting yeah. and I guess yeah. also struggling with whether you had a vocation in the meantime you were making yeah. all these films and, 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 and living your life as a as a as a as a movie star I guess in, mm. in the book mother you describe a beautiful scene about a walk you had in the winter through the fields of the monastery and after which you wrote a letter what what was that the moment that you think everything changed for you? I think so. I do, because actually it was a snowstorm. Uh huh. Not not a not a violent one. I don't mean that, but the but the the sky was full of the falling snow, and yeah. I went I went up to the place where Mother Abbess, um, the first abbess of the monastery, the foundress, had planted. Um, a medal of St. Benedict when she first arrived. Oh, yeah. And I think at, at that moment, I was, I just thought, I've got to ask her and see, is this the right time? And the response came in, in an indirect way, didn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and now that was 50 more, more than 50 years ago? Oh, indeed. <laughs> that was 1963. Um it would be the um, the, the winter of nineteen 
it would be uh, no, the winter of 62. And, did, and then I entered six months later in June of 63. And, and have you ever thought or looked back and wondered what life would have been like had you not entered the monastery? Oh, I think you always wonder how things might have been. Mm-hmm. If you, but every, you know, the clarifications come constantly. Yes. That, and you know, this would never have worked. Yes, it yes. It would never have been right. Yes. Now, maybe just in closing, because you didn't leave your acting career completely, because one of the things that is offered at the monastery is, is theater. There's summer theater. Tell us a little mm. bit about that and how that came about and your involvement with that. Well, we had a visit from Patricia Neal, the actress. Yes. Those, and um, Patricia had just been thrown out very rudely from her marriage in England. And Maria, uh, Janice Cooper, um, uh-huh. invite, she suggested that she come and see me. And uh, Patricia came um, in an absolute vicious attempt to write a book about Roald, and our abbess countered that and said, Patricia, stay with us a while, think this over. And Patricia did. And Uh Patricia signed that she also responded to the abbey, but she said, I'll never work again. I have no real capacity. So we challenged her on that. We asked her to do something on uh, in a tent outside on Uh the field she did it, and in the middle of it, a huge rainstorm came, and uh, at the end of it, she said, I will never do this again here. <laughs> you have to have a theater here. Yeah. So that, <laughs> and so we built the theater. It's a summer theater called the Gary for Gary Cooper uh-huh. and Olivia for her daughter. Oh, I see. And so there is a summer season. Every summer there's a play, and people can find out at, at the website, the, the Abbey website, Regina Laudis. Um, right. Uh, We're doing Fiorello this year. Oh, nice, nice. And Connecticut's not too far from where we are in Toronto, so maybe you'll I'll have to go down for a visit. Um, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Mother, your, your book is out. It's a, it's a great read. There's lots of great stories on it. Um, what would you say, if you could summarize your story, what would you say your story is about? Well, I think it's a story about a very lucky young actress who was even luckier when the Lord called her out of Hollywood to become one of his Benedictines. And it's a story, I think, that um, shows you the grace of God and how if you are in union and keep your heart open to God, your life is going to belong to you. Amen. And that's, that's true for everyone. Mother Dolores Hart, it's been a great pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for taking a little bit of time because I know you're very busy uh, right now in California um, uh, for sharing your story with us and uh, and keep doing what you're doing. Another 50 years. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. God bless you and you your too. work and we'll keep you in our prayers. Thank you very much. Mother Dolores Hart is a former actress and prioress of the Benedictine Abbey of Regina Laudis in Bethlehem, Connecticut. Her book, The Ear of the Heart, an Actress's Journey from Hollywood to Holy Vows is co-authored by Richard Denute and published by Ignatius Press. Here now is Sarah Hart with Spirit of Christ or Anima Christi from her album Saint Song. Spirit of 
Sarah Hart with Spirit of Christ, or Anima Christi, from her album Saint Song. Sarah Hart is one of the most talented Catholic songwriters of our day, with eight albums to her name in her 10-year-long career. She's shown that she is not just a proficient musician and writer, but also a woman of deep faith and love of Christ, God, and the Church. When she's not at home with her young family, Sarah is singing, songwriting, leading women's conferences, running parish missions, and playing concerts. And it's really good to welcome Sarah Hart back as our featured Artist of the Week. Sarah, my dear sister, welcome to the program. Sweet Deacon Pedro. I get to call you Deacon. How are you? I know. Last time we spoke, I I wasn't ordained yet. So yes, Deacon. I'm very good. Very good. And you are busy as ever. Um, um, I want to ask you about juggling and I have this image of you actually (laughs) juggling but uh, how how do you balance because you have two daughters right yes I have two daughters yep and uh, it is very busy I you know it's funny when I started doing um, well actually when I was pregnant with my first daughter Uh my friend who actually is a professional juggler Okay. He came. Um, he came over one day with a set of juggling balls, and he said, "I want to teach you how to juggle because you're going to need to know how to do this." Oh my God! <laughs> okay, so there is so real juggling involved I, here. It's actual real juggling. So I did. So I learned to juggle, and it has become a pretty big metaphor for. Oh, that's yeah, hilarious! This is how it looks, you know. <laughs> that's hilarious. So I mean, but this is a life lesson for everyone because it's not just people in in Catholic music ministry that have to juggle family right. and career. And right. you're self-employed, and you're—I mean, there's. Uh, so, how? What? What? What's your kind of one advice for people who are struggling with balancing? You know, uh, deacons who are trying to balance ministry and home and work and everything else. Well, I, I think you know. My first advice is just pray a lot. <laughs> 
pray okay. and pray, and then when you have time in between, pray. <laughs> but I think really my other advice is let your life be guided. Hmm. And don't hold on to anything too tightly. I think I learned that a long time ago that actually the more I really do let go and kind of trust that God is taking it where he wants it to go, the better it always looks. And so I do an awful lot of just, you know, throwing my hands up in the air and just saying, I don't know, you know, and and that's a really healthy thing. And I think all of us need to kind of let God take the reins and and let ourselves just be guided and open to new experience and showing us what door he wants us to walk through. There's freedom to that, I guess, but it also can be frightening. Oh, it's very frightening. I always liken it to, um, you know, my my littlest one, my youngest daughter. She is very much a free spirit and Uh a little bit of a fly-by-night, and she doesn't listen and she doesn't pay attention. And from the time she's been tiny, since she could walk, I always have my hand cupped on the top of her head to lead her through parking lots or anytime we're at an event. You know, I'm always leading her around. And I feel that's very much been God with me in my walk is that his hand is just always on my head going, okay, now walk over there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going, okay, sure, that's fine. But that's really what a guided walk is. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? I think that even if we don't know it or we think we're not being guided, we are being guided. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. One of the things, and I think last time you were on the show, we spoke about this. You were just sort of trying to do a little more mission work, re- parish missions, yeah. I mean, and, and retreat work. Um, that's really taken off. It's taking a little more of your time. Um, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it's really exploded in a way I kind of wasn't um, I wasn't prepared for, to tell you the truth. But, you know, there's that movie that says, if you build it, they will come. Yes. And about 10 years ago, I really felt like God was saying, I need you to build this right here, this ministry from the ground up. And mm-hmm. it was basically a parish mission retreat ministry. But it started out really as a ministry toward women, uh-huh. because there just was so little in the Catholic Church for women in terms of, like, days of reflection or retreat day or just a place of a little bit of escape time from the norm to get Mm. a little closer to God. So I built it as that, but then as time has progressed, it's become something much more than that. And now I've done more parish mission, um, more concerts with parish missions, and more, a lot of like musician retreats, things like that. So um, it's really expanded, and I, I love watching the way that God is sort of letting it bloom and having it bloom. The truth is that you are a songwriter, um, I don't yeah. know if you'd say that you are a songwriter first, but that's what you do, and that's what you do for a living. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think a lot of budding songwriters probably have this question for Sarah Hart. If people say, look, can you ask Sarah Hart where she gets her inspiration? Like, how does she... <laughs> <laughs> so what would you tell the, uh, the young budding artists, songwriters? Well, you know, it's amazing. I just did an interview about an hour ago with somebody else, and I will say this about inspiration. You have to trust that the mystic way of thinking is is a very good way of thinking for the artist and writer. And the reason I say that is this. The mystic really believes that God is in all things, and all things are in God. Uh-huh. And when you come to that basic, basic, basic understanding of faith, all of a sudden, a world of inspiration starts unraveling around you so quickly that you can't write it down fast enough, and everything around you becomes inspiration. I'm sitting here looking at a water bottle. Okay, that could be inspiration to me. I'm looking at a birthday card. Okay, that could be inspiration to me. I mean, to be able to look and say somehow God is in all these things, and all things are in our God, and I can write experientially about that 
I think that's what what mm-hmm. makes you not just a good writer, but a relatable writer, which is what you need to be. It's not enough to just write a song about God or write a song that points to God, but you have to make God relatable to people. And the best way to do that is by listening to your own experience and your own walk. But you have to be able to look at that water bottle yeah. and, and see God. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, know, I think I know what you're saying. I just don't know how yeah. I can do it. God is right. in that water bottle. Uh, Every molecule, right? <laughs> right. If you believe in a creator God, yeah. then you cannot, then there's nowhere that you can look that you don't understand that God is a part of all things that yeah. exist. Yeah. And, you know, that, that seems a little out there, but it's really the truth of the matter. And I think what, what metaphorically I'm more trying to say is that the inspiration of God is everywhere. Yeah. And it can be everywhere you look if you let it and if you know how to look. And it begins with that base, base, base knowledge that God is all things and yeah. all things are in him. Yeah. And That's I guess to me it. I, I guess it goes back to what you were saying about balancing, too. Like we need to, to, to have that attitude, spend time in prayer. Right. That the prayer becomes everything, not just I'm sitting down now and saying the rosary right. or whatever. Um, That's a great point because prayer yeah. is everything. It's every breath. It's every word. It's every reaching of our hand. Every and it's smile, every laying yeah. down on our pillow at night. That yeah, is all prayer. Absolutely. Now, you just ran a successful Indiegogo campaign to raise yeah. to raise funds for your new album, Above Earth's right. Lamentation. So um, I don't want to give too much away because I'm waiting for the album to come out and then we can have you back and talk about it. But but so where are we with this album? What's, what's different about this album for you? Like why Indiegogo and why, uh, why what's this album about? Right, well, um, I just experienced a very rough, rocky two, uh, two and a half years mm-hmm. of grief coming through a period of intense grief. Um, some deaths in my family, some troubles in my family, some tragedies, and some just some very big stuff, very hard to deal with stuff. And um, without realizing it was six, really six months into it, without realizing how deeply I was walking through this journey of grief, um, and really began to write songs, not meaning to, not intentionally, but that's what was happening. I was writing songs about walking through the grieving process. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say what is different for me about this recording, um, you know, I've done a lot of these. <laughs> this will be number nine mm-hmm. for me. Um, and in the past, it's always been, oh, I have a great concept, or oh, I have this great batch of songs, or oh, I have, you know, this is going to work for a recording. But this is the first time I feel like I've completely been, uh, you know, selfless in my approach because my my heart is really these songs it wasn't um i think you know i have to write this and this is a great idea it was more here's what's happening right now and i am so raw and i am so hurt Mm. and i'm mad at god and i'm depressed and i'm hopeful and i'm every emotion in between so i just really feel like it was sort of um, the songs were a gift to me, and now I want them to be a gift to others walking through the same thing. We're not great all the time as Christians mm-hmm. about allowing people to grieve and walk through the grieving process and um, get to the other side with hope. And I really felt like, you know, it's a risk to make a lamentation recording. <laughs> yeah. It's a risk, but to me the risk so far outweighed the fact that, you know, when I was walking through it, I really wanted a collection of songs that I could listen to and be ministered to, and quite honestly, 
I couldn't find one. And so it became important to me to maybe create that, but hopefully somewhere, someone who's walking that very dark, very hard road can feel ministered to somehow. Mm -hmm. So I guess in the end, it just does feel like kind of the most risky, but the most selfless and honest thing I think I've done to date. And and that's really important for me. Um, You know, I, I hope that other people can take hold of it and encouraged as they're walking that that road yeah well i'm really looking forward to hearing it i know we're going to actually play one of the songs um but yeah Yeah. thank you for sharing that i'm i'm i I hear what you're saying wow um that's all the time we have sarah well, thank you. I'm so <laughs> glad to be with you. I miss you, and I want to see you. And my goodness, I got to get up to Canada, eh? I know. Maybe I should like, come down to Nashville. Oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. I will take you to the Country Music Hall of Fame. I'd love to do that. <laughs> okay, that that'll be that. Be I'll have to work that in. Anyway, um, we'll, w- once the album is out, and maybe in September, we'll we'll have you back in the program. We can listen to a couple more songs and and talk about some of them. That would be great. I love it, and thanks. Uh, Deacon. Thank you, Deacon. Yes, you're very welcome. Um, Have (laughs) a great summer. Yeah, bye-bye. You can learn more about Sarah Hart, find about her concerts, or book her for a parish mission or retreat at her website, sarahhart.com. Her music is also published by spiritandsong.com. Here is Sarah now with a sneak peek at her new album, her song, Praying with a Broken Heart, from the new album, Above Earth's Lamentation. I asked you for the light You gave me a long dark night Gave me shadows for my path There was no turning back And you whispered, hold on tight I asked you for some peace of mind listening to Sarah Hart with Praying with a Broken Heart from her new album that's coming out in the fall, Above Earth's Lamentation. And that will take us to the end of the program and the end of this season. Remember to visit our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. That's where you can download this podcast and also where you can now listen to uninterrupted Catholic music all day long thanks to the support of wonderful Catholic artists like Sarah Hart and spiritandsong.com. Remember to stay connected with us for a chance to win weekly prices. Just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org radio and enter your name and email address. We're going to be giving away a copy of Sarah Hart's Saint Song and also a copy of her Give and Keep. So go to the website and stay connected. You can also follow what we do at facebook.com slradio1. Don't forget to like our page and you can also find me on Facebook. Look for Deacon Pedro and you can also follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. Salt and Light Radio and the Salt and Light Hour are ministries of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. You can learn all about Salt and Light and all that we do at saltandlighttv.org. The Salt and Light Hour would not be possible without our news expert, Krista Matrenko, our diocesan expert, Sheridan Sanders, our saint expert, Andrew Santos, our public relations expert, Daniel Torquia, our parenting expert, Jillian Cantor, our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, 
and our film expert, Sister Marie Paul Curley. Our sound engineer is Javier Capella, and the executive producer of Salt and Light is Father Thomas Rosica. Thank you for being with us and for supporting what we do. Have a holy and blessed summer. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.